Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Robbie Falk from 24-7 Sports, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk joining you on a Thursday morning. Thanks for joining us at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from us. Appreciate all of our great listeners, especially our servicemen when out there taking care of us. Want to thank our sponsor, Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Oh, God. I just saw your tweet. <laughs> that's how I feel. Hey, man. That's how I feel when I see Spotlight Cafe. I, I tweeted about it, too, but I didn't go that, that far with it. Uh, that just caught me off guard. Okay. Moving forward, Strange Brew Coffee House is a great place to go. It's the best way to start your day here in Starkville or over there in Tupelo. Make sure you start your day with Strange Brew Coffee House and maybe finish your day with a trip to Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. You deserve it. You're a Bulldog fan. You're a national champion. Get some great ice cream at Churn and Spoon. Speaking of the national champions, if you want to get some great gear, you know the place to go. That's College Corner, collegecornerstore.com. Whether it's baseball or for football, whatever you need to show off your maroon and white, they've got it at College Corner. Tailgating or home gating, they've got everything that you need for your perfect setup to watch the big game. And, of course, like I said before, when you come to Starkville, you don't want to be waiting in line at different stores. You want to be ready to get out to the stadium. You want to get to the tailgate. You want to enjoy yourself. Do it by shopping early and shopping at College Corner and collegecornerstore.com. Humble Taco is Starkville's newest and best Mexican restaurant. Speaking of places you don't want to wait to get into, that's one of them. There's going to be lines out the door. Don't be in those lines. Get there early. Beat the rush. 4 o'clock, that's a great time for a margarita, in my opinion. It's 4 o'clock somewhere. It's, <laughs> that's what they say. You, just, you, know, you just sit there, you get there a little early, sip on a margarita, some chips and queso, chips and salsa, and then when it's dinner time, you eat. They got some really good queso. It is good. It is really, really good. So, if you haven't been already, you're missing out. If you've already been, you do know what I'm talking about. That's our good friends over at Humble Taco. Well, Mississippi State has named a starting quarterback. Kind of. Not kind really, of. but sort I guess. Of. In a manner of speaking. Technically, however you want to put it. So, asked about it after practice on Wednesday night, Mike Leach said, if the first game was today, Will Rogers would be the starting quarterback. Uh, Texas A&M has finished up their quarterback competition. Um, I, I, there's not really, I guess Tennessee is still sort of going, but it, it feels sort of like a foregone conclusion up there with, with Milton. What's Mike Leach waiting on, in, in your opinion? I, I think he just wants to continue the you know, competitive nature of those guys. I, I think everybody knows Will's the guy. But also, th- I just don't think Mike Leach cares about public perception, letting the media know things. I-, I just don't think he cares. I think everything that he wants to do, he keeps within his circle, mm-hmm. the circle of trust, yes. if you will. Um, but, yeah, so I mean. We're not out in the land of the uninvested, are we? No. Okay, just making sure. Yes. 
So I, I, f- I feel like everybody knows and has known from the very beginning of training camp that Will Rogers is going to be the starting quarterback, unless something terrible happens, which God forbid, that he's going to be taking the, the first snaps of the ball game and most of the snaps in that game against La Tech. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, just, I feel like Will was already the front runner in that race, but whenever Jack Abraham could not go, that pretty much solidified things for him. I, I don't think that Jack could afford to miss those practices because Will was already <clears throat> very much uh, ingrained in that air raid system and had been practicing with with players all summer. Not to say Jack Hatton because he was also, but uh, that's a guy that's been with this offense now for a year, and, and everybody just feels comfortable with with Will at this point. So it was that's not a big surprise, but it, it is interesting that he finally came out and basically said. You know, if this was the game this weekend, Will would be starting. And it is sort of the worst-kept secret. We yes. all know that Will Rogers is going to start. That they're, they're, The odds of Chance Levertich being the starting quarterback are astronomical. Uh, I, and I, I, I just, yeah, I don't see a way that it's not Will Rogers. I just, I do sort of wish that we could, let's just move forward. I mean, and of course it's one of those things where, and I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of this, but my guess is the team knows. The team knows Will Rogers is a starting quarterback, and we sort of know, but we don't have the official confirmation. Then, and if that's the case, well, I mean, you know, I'm not one of those. Well, you don't, you know, a lot of people play that game with the media. You don't have the right to, know. Eh, you know, but I get it. I get it if if that's the case. You know, coming out of practice, you know, at this point, it feels like everything's everything's sort of subtle. I, I think you know, he says if if so and so was if it was the game was tomorrow, I think the whole starting lineup would be set. For Mississippi State, if the game was tomorrow, I feel like position battles at this point are either won or lost. You would think so. I, I don't know who's been practicing, where, who's been running with the ones, or or what this week because we haven't been able to see right. any practices. But uh, what else do we have out there? Uh, wide receiver spot, and I've heard that Malik Heath is uh, dealing with an injury right now. So, mm-hmm. who steps in behind him? Um. That defensive end spot. Are we going Charlton and Jaden Crumity at the two two ends? Are we going, uh, you know, Jack Harris? Who, who's going to be right there? Right. Safety spots look to be done. Linebacker looks to be done. So there, there's very few position, legit position battles at this point. And if there, if if there is any questions, it's because somebody's been injured. I think. So uh, we we're pretty much set, and now we're. We're starting to move into game week next week. I mean, this is this is mock week. This is when they kind of reproduce what they're going to do throughout a game week. I imagine they'll go to the stadium on Saturday or at some point and run through the tunnel, go through their introductions or whatever, and uh, just kind of what they expect during pregame. And then next week, you are full go on Louisiana Tech. Yeah, and that's going to be, you know, that's a good thing for Mississippi State because I I think they need two game weeks. Can we get one for every week? You know, I think I I really do think that the the, the repetitions you know you, they get a lot of them in practice anyway, right? But now we're getting specific repetitions. This is what we want to do against this. Where there this is probably the first real week where they're seeing drop eight and drop and and of course Mike Leach addressed that again was asked about it today and I mean his point is very solid. Like if that was the end of the the air raid offense, Mike Leach would not have been coaching for twenty years. The question is going to be why couldn't it be beaten last year? Now I'm, the answer is is sort of obvious: inexperience, 
uh, lack of knowledge of the system, lack of repetition, uh, you know, and often, especially at the offensive line position. It fell on the personnel last year. I don't like to blame players, but mm-hmm. Mike Leach knows how to defeat drop eight. He didn't just start seeing it last year. This wasn't the first time. Um, it won't be the last time. These weren't the greatest defenses he's ever faced either. I mean, I know the SEC is on a different level, but we're acting like you know he's just entered uh, you know the Justice League or something, and he's he's got to fight you know these superheroes. The, the SEC isn't loaded down with uh, you know the top ten defenses in America. The, there's some defenses that aren't really good. Yeah. Ole Miss, Missouri was bad late last year. Um, Arkansas wasn't just setting the world on fire. So it's it, to me it wasn't that Mike Leach was just clueless and you know didn't know what to expect. Right. It was just lack of execution. I mean, and, and we, how many times do we see that? Like there's a guy open and then you know the offensive line collapses and Will Rogers gets sacked. Don't you think that it, Mike Leach is a smart enough coach to know that if his system wasn't going to work here, he wouldn't have come. Yeah. He would have just stayed at Washington State or gone somewhere else, and I mean, just been comfortable. I mean, he's been interested in the SEC yeah. for the forever. I, I mean, mean I, I have to think that, right? I have to think that he watches film and he says, "I can make the offense work even against those defenses." And you made a good point. And Saban says this a lot that elite defenses, the kind of defenses that Alabama had in like 2010, 11, 12, they're sort of gone. Yeah, they don't really exist anymore. Now it's about you know giving up enough points. You know. And Bob Shoup made a used to make a good point about that. He's like, you know, you can play good defense in in a game that you win forty five forty two, because what it means is when you absolutely had to make a stop, you made it. What what was that defense in eighteen seventeen a game? Yeah, or something. I think I think it was I think it was less than that. It's like thirteen or so. Okay, well, but that, that's just so rare. But but you know, some of the elite elite defenses yeah. that we saw in the past. Yeah. They were giving up, you know, eight points a game or something. Yeah, those days are over. And and that was the best defense in college football, Mississippi State. So, I mean, Nick Saban, he can kind of look at the game of football and say, okay, I need to adjust. Yeah. He's not a, he, you know, he's stubborn to a certain point, but he knows what he needs to do to win ball games. And he kind of saw this thing, this thing shifting a little bit towards offenses and hired Lane Kiffin. And that's when Alabama's offense just really kind of hit the next level. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the trajectory that they've continued. They went with Sarkeesian, which was similar type of guy. I don't think they're going to be as dynamic. I, I really don't. I mean, that I, I, I think that Lane Kiffin and Steve Sarkeesian are two of the most dynamic coaches in football. I just I have a, I don't see it as much with Bill O'Brien. I think they'll still be good. But anyway, he saw that the offenses were getting the shift, and it was – it wasn't all about the defense anymore, and that's kind of where things have shifted. So it's not like these defenses are just the elite of the elite of all right. time. There's talent. There's there's still a ton of talent, but the way offense is played nowadays, it's it's just different. I, two, I think State can score on these defenses and two, put up a lot of yards. Two things. First off, this time last year, Bill O'Brien was not only the head coach of an NFL team, he was their general manager, and now Which he's is, an offensive coordinator for Alabama. That's incredible. I mean, I feel like I'm back in the 1960s. Yeah. Also, like me, Bill Russell. Or me, some, go ahead. I was just going to say, like oh, that reminds me of Bill Russell, coach, the player yeah. coach. Yeah. I mean, different, different, yes, different from era. that. But uh, I wanna, let me finish the, the shoot thought there. His, his his comment was, you can play good defense in a game you win 45-42. Because if you, that means you made the stop when you had to make it. Mm-hmm. You can also play bad defense in a game you lose 10-7 because you didn't make the stop 
when you need to make it. And that's, I, I bet, I, I would imagine, you know, I'm, I don't know if I would ask him this or not, because he'd be like, well, I disagree with that completely. It's good defense, you know. I don't want to <laughs> ask Zach Arnett about that. But it's a good point. He wants a shutout. And yeah, he, he wants a good point. That, you know, it's about making plays, and that's what that's what defenses are about now, about forcing turnovers, forcing sacks and negative plays. The old the old years of just grinding them down and not giving, you know, first and ten, second and eight, third and six, punt. Those days are gone. You're going to give up some first downs these days. If you look at the SEC last year, outside of Mississippi State when they were really struggling, even Vanderbilt was scoring points. Vanderbilt had a couple games where they were in the 30s. I mean, teams can just score nowadays. That's the way offenses are set up. That's the way that the, the rules of the game have been tweaked to allow offenses some some leeway in terms of what they get from pass interference and you know late hits on the quarterback. They they move the chains. So yeah, yeah. State states last year their struggles. That's why they were. That's why they were so frustrating because you could see other teams, even bad teams, moving the football. This year, I think, with a year's worth of practice in and a year's worth of repetition in, I don't think you're going to see those same issues anymore. Yeah, I mean, I really do think it's just an execution thing for Mississippi State. Can they block better? Can they get the ball out quicker? Can guys get you know some yards after the catch? Are you going to run the football a little bit more to kind of let that defense creep up, maybe play a little more man defense? Those are the questions that have to be answered, and because you're going to see a lot of zone this year against Mississippi State, especially until, early, until they can prove that they're going to take teams out of it. It'd be pretty funny if State sees a lot of zone the first three games, and they're just picking them apart, and they get 400, 350, 400 passing yards on La Tech and NC Here State. Here comes LSU. Here comes LSU. They're like, so we're going to introduce some man, and pa- Derek Stingley's is back there. Come on. <laughs> Come on! Really? Did you not see? That really was unbelievable last year. Like there was just the Bo Pelini was just not getting out the, of it. The the term that Cole Kublik has used is it was coaching malpractice. <laughs> like you could have, you should be able to sue Bo Pelini for what he did that day. It's incredible to go back, go back and watch. If you have it, go back and watch the highlights. I'm sure you have, but watch them from a different eye and watch them from the idea of. Try to pretend to be on the LSU side of things. Watching that defense just get hit over and over again with crossing routes, with verticals, and never not once saying, maybe I'll drop a linebacker in here. And like We were just sitting in the, in your living room like, yeah. oh, whoa, oh my God, and, uh, what's that? Yeah, just we, didn't, we didn't know what to expect. Guy, Colin Hill bust off a 70-yard yeah, catch and run. Absolutely you know, wide open. Uh, Osiris Mitchell is, is mossing people. Yeah. Tyrell Shavers. Javante Payton. I mean, game. we were just like, what, what is happening? We've been, we've been watching two yards in a cloud of dust most of our lives. I remember Bunky Perkins tweeting in the first quarter just saying, it is wild watching Mississippi State <laughs> throw this much. <laughs> it was. And and uh, Andy Staples tweeted something. He's like, what's the worst week one overreaction you ever had? I'm like, man, you throw for 623. That might have been it. People are going to overreact. I mean, I remember that Sunday, mm-hmm. immediately KJ Costello was like in the middle, in the middle of the not, towards discussion. the top of the Heisman discussion. State started the year. They, they, they were unranked. They went to 16th in one poll. Brett McMurphy had them fourth. Yes. And he just, just like, jumped him right up there like, like wow. You know, yeah, you're right. Costello was in the mix. They put out the bandwagon video the next on Monday. I Woo. mean, it was all rolling until it wasn't. 
Until, How about I, I remember tweeting after that game? Mississippi State went from ending the nation's longest winning streak mm-hmm. to ending the nation's longest losing streak or SEC losing streak. Yeah, Arkansas. I always I, I would love to have been sitting in on Arkansas's film session. So Odom pops in the tape, watches about three plays, and he probably said, "What the blank were they thinking?" <laughs> I mean, I, I would love. Bo Pelini was probably like one of his heroes. Or yeah, something. I was like, I'd love to get an air, honest answer from Barry Odom. Like, when you watched the film of that LSU game last year, I mean, were you just like jaw on the floor? Like, how how did they do this? Like, how did LSU allow this to happen? And I don't think Bo Pelini is going to get like a good job ever again either. No, his 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 days are numbered. I mean, that's it. that's it. Yeah, and Youngstown State was probably where he should have yeah. stayed. Yeah, I mean, that's just it's just an incredible thing. Sticking coming back to, to this season and what Mississippi State's going to see, and and Will Rogers, you know, as the as the apparent starter, he's seen it at this point, right? Guy has started what five, six games now. He he you know he's seen it. He's had the, the year of the off season of watching film, of getting reps, of off season drills, of spring practice, of everything. It feels like you know, either he's going to have it or he doesn't. But he is going to be the guy that. I don't see. A, I don't foresee a scenario unless he is just way, way, way worse than I think he's going to be. That he's not. That he doesn't take it from game one to game twelve. Yeah, he's the guy. It, it's going to have to be a situation where you know, Jack Abraham comes back, is healthy, and feels really good. And Will Rogers is going to have to just be absolutely abysmal. You know, last year Mike Leach. So, hold on, hold on. I want to. I want to hold on. So you think there's a scenario where even this late in the game, Abraham could come back in and get the job? I'm saying if he if he is healthy and showing it in practice, mm-hmm. and if Will Rogers is just I don't terrible, that, I don't think that Abraham can get the job no matter what. I, I think I, I think if, or I think if it's like Robertson, well, KJ Costello last year just got to the point where he was so bad they had to put and no, Leach I, Leach did not no, want no, no, to no. do that. You're misunderstanding me. I'm not saying that I don't think he could lose the job. I'm saying I don't think Abraham can win the job. I think it would go to Lovertich or to somebody else. I think Abraham's uh, just out of the mix. I think Abraham would pass Lovertich. I think he's more talented. I just, I just missing this much practice, even if it he's is, healthy. It is, but he's the better quarterback. And I agree with know, that. If, he would have to come back, be healthy, and would have to be taking some steps in practice. He'd have to be taking some big steps in practice, I mm-hmm. think. But if he's healthy and he's back – I have a hard time believing that Lovertich is is ahead of him. I just think that he's he's a more talented player. All right, but you know Leach might Leach might reward Lovertich. I mean that's not. I I just personally I think that he's the better player than Lovertich. No, I I, I did I don't disagree with that for sure, for sure. So if the first game was tomorrow, it'd be Will Rogers. We'll see if the, if that changes and maybe we can get him to lock into the whole season. Uh, we'll see if he does it on Monday at his first press conference. First press conference. That's coming up Monday. Monday. That is Hard this, to believe. Yeah, it really is. All right, let's move on into the second half of the show. That's brought to you by our good friends over at Welcome Home Beef. Don't forget that Welcome Home Beef is now available at Val's Marketplace. That is uh, right there on Highway 12. And also don't forget, if you are a busy family, busy mom looking to, to fix dinner for the family, but you don't have a whole lot of time, check out Welcome Home Beef's pre-made meals they're incredible beef products done up a variety of different ways. You make a lot of you got a lot of great options there. When you are looking to put together a quick meal, Welcome Home Beef can do that for you. And if you're looking to cook out and have a great, you know, long cook, a brisket, a tri-tip, some steaks on the grill, whatever it is, Welcome Home Beef's got you there too. Call 
Welcome Home Beef. If you're not getting Welcome Home Beef products in your local market, find out why. Call Welcome Home Beef and see what you can do. Number 662-268-8148. Welcome Home Beef. It just tastes good. Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District. That place will be buzzing like no other this football season. Get there early and grab some great food out there on the patio, enjoying yourself in the heart of the Cotton District. And the food, like we said so many times before, just can't be beat. It's more than just barbecue. It's smoked southern soul food at Two Brothers Smoked Meats. Advantage Business Systems has a two-way plan to victory, just like Mike Leach and Zach Arnett. The offense is this. They've got a great selection of technology, of products, services, everything a business needs to work at a high level in the 21st century. And then the defense is this. They back every every purchase up with the kind of customer service you would expect to get from your next-door neighbor, which is what Advantage Business Systems is. They take care of their neighbors. They take care of Mississippians. They've been doing it for 46 years. Nobody stays around that long unless you're taking care of your customers. Call them today and find out how they can help you. The number is 601-362-9192 or visit them online at absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems helps your business do business. All right, Robbie, I know I know you don't want to. I know you don't want to, but we got to talk a little recruiting here. Uh, I just there's I, some good and bad. All right, let's start with the good. You know what? Let's start gotta, with the bad. We got to play the song. No, no, we got to start with the song. Can we just start with the bad? Let's get it out of the way and I then get happy. I hate to play happy. the song and then go into bad. But we're going to end on the on a bad note. So what you want to do is you want to talk about the bad, play, play the, the song. song, and then talk about the good. Yes. Okay. Let's talk about the bad. Let's get a good vibe going. So that. let's let's take back in time about four or five weeks, I guess. Three uncommitted prospects in the top ten in Mississippi. Xavier Harris, Trevion Williams, Bryson Hurst. The buzz was that Mississippi State was going to get all three of them. Fast forward to today, Bryson Hurst is committed to Ole Miss along with Xavier Harris. Trevion Williams is committed to Florida State. And both Paul and Steve are saying that flipping any of them is going to be a chore. You've got you've got Chris Jones and Fletcher Cox making $200 million combined in the NFL, and Jeff Simmons is on his way there, and Montez Sweat probably as well. And this year in Mississippi, you've got one, two, three... Uh, where's Clayton at? Four defensive linemen in this state that Mississippi State wanted. All of them are committed to somewhere else right now. Two of them are committed to Ole Miss, who hasn't put an alignment in the league since Robert Kimdiche, who immediately flamed out. Robbie, I'm not going to be. I'm not going. I'm not going to. I'm not going to. You know, kang you up here, but it's concerning. It has to be considered concerning. That state's recruiting, which was in the top ten in the country uh, two, um, two, a month and a half ago, seems to have just ground to a halt. Well, I, I think there's I think there's been some good things about this class. Okay, and the top ten was basically because they had more recruits than everybody else. Mm-hmm. So I don't put a whole lot of stock in that. Okay, but as you know, as far as Jacarius Clayton. There was some word that people were telling him that Mississippi State was was probably going to put him on the offensive line. Mm-hmm. So he wants to play defensive line, and that's I, I guess that's what went into that. You know, I, I don't know what happened with Xavier Harris and Bryson Hurst. That was just that they changed. were favored to come to Mississippi State. Though. That changed in an instant. Yeah. Like so did Trevion Williams. Yeah, 
And, and now th- that I can kind of explain a little bit because I mean, how many times we've we seen a kid go on a visit somewhere out of state and get you know pressured into committing, and they you know they see the bright lights of that school. And they jump on it. I, I don't know if that's over yet. Well, I don't know if it's over yet, but it, that feels like Charles Cross to me, kind of. I I agree. What one of the things that bothers me, and somebody on your board said it, and I don't remember who. I, I would give him credit, but it does seem that whenever somebody commits to Ole Miss or to anywhere else, it's like they're pretty solid there. You can go probably go ahead and close the book on that. But when they commit to state, it's this is going to be a battle all the way to signing day. Why is that? And well, I swear to God. I swear to God, if you, say anything, gonna, about, uh, if you say anything about competing, and if you say anything about organization, I'm coming over there. I don't want to read all that. I'm not going to say hardly anything on that because I, I don't want to give any kind of false accusations right, or anything right. like that. But these are two different cultures when it comes to recruiting. Yeah, I'll just say that. Ole Miss these, these definitely co- has a, an emphasis on recruiting that Mississippi State does not. Yeah, I mean it's beyond. Uh, it's the a other game. Stuff. It's yeah. a game to them. Yeah. And Mississippi State, you know, tries to get the guys on board in um, January. I mean, in June and August, and you know, their class almost every year their class is almost finished mm-hmm. at this point. I mean, they have what eighteen commitments, seventeen, eighteen guys yeah. already committed. So the class is almost done. I mean, you're not going to take very many more people because at this stage in, in college football, you want to keep s- several spots open for the transfer portal. And I think th- I think State's going to utilize the transfer portal. Uh, this next year again as well, mm-hmm. but I I can't really explain that. There's these are two different cultures when it comes to recruiting, and it plays out the same every single year, no matter who the coach is. That's just how it goes. And uh, I I don't know what happened with Bryson Hurst and Xavier Harris. I don't I don't think Mississippi State uh, slacked up recruiting them. Mm-hmm. You know they they've recruited them the same way. It's just kind of all of a sudden both of those guys just went red and blue yeah and that's I, I i think Xavier harris's mom i heard didn't even know he was going to commit to Ole miss at the time mm-hmm. you know bryson hurst was going to announce this morning end up announcing like midnight last night it mm-hmm. was really weird so you know i don't know it's just uh i think I'm, I'm glad i'm not nearly as involved and yeah. involved in recruiting as i used to be the other thing that concerns me as a, as a mississippi state person is this Mississippi State has made its bones in Mississippi, getting the top guys in the state. You got one guy in the top ten committed right now. Now you probably have two if and when Stone Blanton commits. By the way, I'm fully on board that I don't I don't know that Stone Blanton is going to commit. Oh my God, I, conspiracy I, theorist. I, I, I it's, it's like just do it, dude. What, well, what are you he doesn't on? want to right now. He wants to. He's he, and doing, he wants to go and through his, his recruit, recruitment with him not committing and uh, along with you know not being able. to – I said this back in like. May like you need to get a couple of big dogs in, in this class to to sort of round everybody up. And yeah, but that's the case. That. They they never do. They never do. Well, I mean, they, they I did mean look at Kobe year. Jones. They needed Kobe Jones to get in. Yeah. He didn't do it. Willie Gay. He didn't do it. Yeah. Um. Who else has been that kind of guy? That there's there's guys like that every single year. They're yeah. like the vocal guys of the class. Yeah. And they don't get on board until late. Yeah. And the the times that they do get those guys on board, yeah. they seem to have a good class. Yeah. Jerry and Jones, who's not here anymore. Yeah, but he was that guy. He helped pull Jones some guys Spidey together. Was sort of the same way. Fry Green. Fry Green, yeah. So, uh, for whatever reason, it's it's a struggle for Mississippi State to get some of these guys that are the vocal leaders mm-hmm. that are considered almost locks. Yeah. I'm not worried about Stone Blend. I don't think there's any funny business, anything like that. I, I don't think, I think I'm not he's saying there's be a, funny business. I'm just saying 
it just feels like he he's not a hundred percent sold on being a bulldog. I disagree. Okay. Well, we're gonna find I think, out. I, I think people. I, I think that people don't realize how locked in he is with the baseball team. He's supposed to visit for the LSU game. Is that correct? I think that's right. Uh, I believe so. I will say he's this. coming. If he's he, he's going to commit that weekend. If he doesn't commit that weekend, you're going to have to agree. I with think him. he commits that weekend. I, I think he does too, but I'm not sure. I I won't be thinking that there's funny business, mm-hmm. but I'm I'm going to be thinking why why is he not what is on he board? doing yeah yeah so. but yeah I mean here's my thing with missing on these guys mm-hmm. what you need to do if you don't get them you need to get someone of equal caliber mm-hmm. or better that's going to be tough if you're not getting these players you need to get players that are equal or better well I mean you're going to have to go out of the state for that it's going to be hard to get four star yeah I mean I I don't see but. They are recruiting I mean, they got solid Jones out, out, out there, and, and maybe Malachi Madison. But if they get Quintel Jones and yeah. they get Travion Williams, they mm-hmm. nailed it on be the fine. defensive yeah. line. Yeah. Defensive but line is great. They have to get two of those guys. If they get, if they get, uh, my mind's going blank. Malachi the guy Madison. from no, the, the offensive lineman from Gulf Coast, Percy, Percy Miller. Percy is it Percy Miller? Yeah. If they get him, mm-hmm. they're fine. Uh, they're good on the offensive line. Yeah. The offensive line class is solid. And we have you need to- Quintel Jones. If you're not going to get Xavier Harris, yeah, you need Quintel Jones, and you and you need um, uh, Travion Williams. Yeah. Uh, and if you're not going to get Bryson Hurst, you need Percy Miller, or, and you, get, you might get need another the- JUCO guy. And if you do that, you got a pretty solid. Class. And we have to give the the staff credit. Last year. You know, when Pounders and, and Burkhalter went, they went and replaced them with higher-rated guys. The MJ Daniels thing, that caught them off guard. Yeah. Um, but that being said, I, I, I trust the staff to find guys yeah. that, are, that are good players. It's just, it's just something to see the state getting pushed around in-state the way they are. Well, let's, let's hit the Cruton song and get some positive news right. going. State has now 18 commitments on the year. 17 of them are defensive backs, I think. <laughs> Another one in the <laughs> class today. Obviously, there's going to be some shuffling, but Audavian Collins from Covington, Georgia, Newton High School, uh, picks Mississippi State uh, on uh, Wednesday. Had offers from Michigan State, Arizona, uh, and Arkansas State as well. Anybody, any other Power Fives in here? Uh, Boston College, Indiana, Kansas, uh, Minnesota, Tennessee, Central Florida, Washington State. So some some solid Power Five offers for this kid. Uh, not highly rated by by twenty four seven. I feel like this, you know, that that December, that like pre signing day, or maybe late November ratings bump that they do for everybody, you're going to see some big bumps around the country. And I know people are going to say, well, not for Mississippi State. And, and, and you got a, a point there. But so many of these kids didn't camp last year. you know. And if, you, if you're not a big-time player as a, as a sophomore and junior, it's difficult, it's difficult to be evaluated properly because nobody's looking at you. Once you have film of these guys playing, I think that you will see so, some, so a lot of adjustments. And from a guy who has this offer list, should probably be higher than point eight four one six. Yeah, I just think that you know, I look at I look at some of the the rankings in this class, and it's just it's kind of lazy. They don't match the offer list for some of these players. They don't match the measurables. They don't match. I mean, look back at DeCarlos Nicholson. I mean, I know that he had not played defensive back, but 
the guy's getting power five offers like every day and uh, people are going to snap whenever he jumps to like a four star or mm-hmm. something because he did, he was like a 84 when he was committed mm-hmm. to mississippi state but Aldavian collins i think is just a, another good get for mississippi state in the defensive backfield this is a this is a solid defensive back class but at what point do you maybe go after a JUCO guy? To well, do you go JUCO or do you go transfer? You you could do you could do either. Yeah, you got you, you probably do one of either. Let's go through I, the DBs. I want you to tell me who's in the class at the end of the year. Uh, let's see here. Jeterius Elam. Uh, wait and see. I don't I don't know. If you had to guess today. No. Okay. Trent Singleton. Yes. Uh, Wesley Miller. Yes. Tyler Woodard. Um. Yeah. Right now, yes, but that's just dependent on if he gets an offer. Okay. From someone else. Jordan Thomas. Uh. No. Kylan Griffin. Same as Tyler Woodward. Okay. Wood Woodard. All right. Collins just just popped yes. in. He's in, and Donovan Johnson. Yes. So Johnson, Collins, Miller. Singleton are the only ones you're willing to say for sure will be there at the end. Yes. So that's three. You know, you talked about not a lot of guys left. That that really feels like you. You know, that just opened up three spots. Yeah, it, it can it can change in an instance. What do they want? What what's left? Another they got to get another offensive lineman, I guess. You need one another, or two offensive linemen. I one think, or two I think defensive Juco, linemen. I think Juco is the way to go on the offensive line. Juco left tackle uh-huh. because you're probably going to lose Charles Cross. One or two defensive linemen. Two defensive and linemen. and then another receiver. Yes. Which is, I think, the top guy now, because I don't believe Shaz Preston is coming to Mississippi State. He's not. He's Since, probably, since the spring, he's shown State. Yeah, no it's luck. probably Xavier Thomas is probably the top guy on the board. Yes. And, and then you, you see, again, though, recruiting is just different now in that when we get to December and January, when the portal gets full up again, you're going to see a lot of guys there. If so. State is living in the portal... Mm-hmm. And they're getting you know three or four guys every year, three mm-hmm. or four quality guys. Yeah. They got to replicate live with what that. they did this year. You can I live mean, with that. You, you can recruit. Start Green is going to start. Yeah, it's got to be quality guys that are impact players. You know, Lashley is a transfer. He's going to start. Um, who am I missing? Uh, Makai Polk. Makai Polk is going to start. Jameer Calvin. Jamar Calvin's if he may not start, but he's going to play a lot. Yeah, I mean, State has done well in the portal. For sure. So. But are, are these guys going to change the culture at Mississippi State? Are they going to ruin the culture? Oh, just stop. For God's sakes, just stop. So, All right. Tomorrow's show, we, if you, we, we talked about we were going to do Louisiana Tech-Mississippi State preview. We'll, we'll push that to tomorrow because we had the news with Will Rogers and the recruiting stuff. So we'll just push that to tomorrow, and uh, we'll be here for that. So, Are, are we not going to talk about the national media that boy. thinks Mississippi State's overrated? <laughs> I just – and look. Jerry Palm, he's a really good basketball guy. Um, but I just don't understand, like, what's the thought process there? The team I'm picking last is overrated? The team picked last by the SEC media at Media Days is overrated? What, the what team with no one. What do you think? They're going to finish ninth? Nobody nobody voted a single player on this on the media poll for the first three teams. And State was picked last in the SEC West, but they're over. How can you possibly be rated any worse? They're going to be. They should be ninth out of seven. <laughs> God. Like, I mean, e- even when State is rated at the very bottom, they're even getting crapped on even more by people that think they're overrated. I, I don't get it. 
One maybe other. he was. Maybe he's one of those that thinks Mississippi State is Ole Miss. That's, I don't think that's it. But on the other hand, Brett McMurphy, now of the Action Network, uh, tweeted out when Tuesday night a way too early bowl preview. Had State in the Texas Bowl playing TCU. All right, that's one state hasn't been to yet, so it's a new new destination. Houston, Texas. If we go to Houston, Robbie, I know a spot for barbecue that will blow your mind. I'm down with that. All I'm right. ready. So we'll, we'll, we'll hopefully get to try it out. All right, guys. Great Thursday. Back with you on Friday. For Robbie Falk, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.